Welcome to the INY podcast. Each week we will post the great messages that are preached at our Friday night services. So if you missed it or you just want to listen back again, this is the place for you. Let's get into it. Okay, well then let me get into the word then this evening. Um, I'm looking forward to sharing this because to be honest, this is, this is the culmination of what we've been talking about. We've been talking about who is Jesus to me and this is the final one. You know, we've been going through Jesus is the creator. Jesus is the son of God. He's my example. He's my teacher. He's my healer. He's my miracle. And then it's like all these great, fantastic things. It's like, how can there possibly be more? And yet there is one more. And it's the most significant one of all. Because all those things are awesome, but they're all kind of like temporary things. I mean, to be honest, the whole creator, son of God thing is not temporary. But in terms of what it means for me, this one right here is the most significant because tonight we're going to talk about Jesus as being our Savior. Everyone say, Savior. savior. Sa- savor the Savior, as they say. Jesus is my Savior. You know, we've been talking about Matt 16, which is going to come up here. Which, if we go down to, uh, oh, I'll just read the whole thing. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do the people? say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But then Jesus replies back to them, well, who do you say I am? And Jesus says, sorry, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Everyone say that word, Messiah. Messiah. Do you know what that word means? Kind of? Well, a Messiah is somebody who is well, in terms of this meaning right here, it is a savior of a group of people. Okay, not just one person, the savior of a group of people. Okay, the Jewish people were looking for somebody in the future who was going to save them from the, the current oppression that they had. Okay, now, so Simon Peter says, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now, you might be asking, Well, first of all, what do I need saving from? Fair question, right? Because if you're not in trouble, then you don't need a savior. But I want to go just a little bit, first of all, like this whole idea of like being a savior for a group of people. You know, when I was uh, in class one time, I think it was about year eight, I was in science, right? Now, there's a rumor going around, and I cannot confirm if it's true or not at the moment, but the truth is I can beat any single person here in a burping competition. No joke. Even Jeremiah DeMartin. I can beat Jeremiah DeMartin in a burping competition. And I'm, I'm serious, I'm, I can burp on command and I can, I can do that really, really good. I sometimes do it at Macca's. No, 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 it's not a skill that I flaunt when you're all expecting it. It's when you least suspect it that I bring it out here. But it's always been a talent of mine, so I, I usually like to take this to school, right? So one day I'm in science, had this really narky science teacher. She went out into the prep room and I was like, perfect. I'm going to store up the gas, because it takes about a minute to get prepped, right? So I start sucking in some air, you know? It's not this little small one like this. It's not a small one like that, okay? It's a real big one. So I'm storing it up, but she comes back in the room. She's writing on the board, and here's the thing. When you do that, your whole stomach's filled with air, and it has to come out, because your stomach is absolutely killing you, right? It's like, you're going to probably, like... It's either going to go out one end or the other, if you know what I'm saying. So you've got to release it. So I was waiting for the moment for the teacher to be facing, the, facing forward, and I absolutely let it rip. And she turns around, but thankfully, she didn't see who it was. Hallelujah. But then she did that threat that teachers do sometimes, which is this. Right, 
who is that? And no one says anything. I was like, right, if no one comes forward, you're all under detention. And now everyone obviously knows that it's me, but they're not hinting at me. And so here's the deal here. I can either play really innocent and wait for people to dob me in, which is probably going to happen, or I could own up to it and be the saviour for the whole class. <laughs> because we, were all, we legitimately were all going to get detention from that teacher. And I can't actually remember how it played out or what happened, but I do remember taking the hit for the class, okay? And I got a good, solid detention, okay? Fair enough, right? It's fair enough disrupting the class, all that sort of stuff, I understand. Now, here's the thing that's the difference between this, right? Because in this scenario, right, um, everyone else in the class isn't guilty of anything. <laughs> I'm the only one who's guilty of it, and I'm not actually really saving them from something that they're guilty of. To be honest, I'm kind of like condemning them to punishment even though they don't deserve it. So this, the analogy kind of falls a little bit there when I'm talking about this, okay? But if we were all guilty in that scenario and we all burped and I was the ringleader and I took the fall for it, that would actually match a little bit about what Jesus is saying here. Like Jesus is, sorry, the Bible is communicating here about Jesus, about him being the Messiah, right? A group of people who need to be saved and a savior who comes and saves them, Okay? That's what I'm talking about when I say Messiah. All right, I need somebody to uh, just come up here really quickly and put on this lovely Kmart shirt. Anyone? Fantastic. Um, oh, it's got crosses on both sides. That's okay. It's not meant to have a cross on both sides, but that's okay. The cross doesn't mean anything, by the way. It's just a shirt that was used for a game ages ago. Probably hasn't been washed, so it might be a bit sweaty. Okay. Now... Uh, come forward, you can just sit on the stage. I'm going to use you as an analogy in a second. You might be asking, well, what do, what do I need to be saved from? Okay? We need to be saved from ourselves and our reckless heart sometimes that just continues to sin and do evil against other people and God. Okay? God is kind of communicating that He's here to save us from ourselves. Right? Let's have a look at this verse in Isaiah 53 6. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's... Did somebody say Baba, do Baba? Yeah, nice. Okay. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us turns to his own way. <laughs> do Baba, that's right. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Okay. Everyone say Ba. Because in this verse, you are all sheep. Okay. Including you, good sir. Now, Jonah, you're an expert at putting dots on things, so can you please come up? And I just want you to start, honestly, just whacking dots on this guy. Don't be resistant, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, good one. I like it. Um, and by the way, those people who are doing stuff for me, go now. Yeah, it's all the guys. I thought I'd embarrass them one final time, so they're just going to get ready for something that's coming up soon. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so get ready for that. Anyway, God has this path for us to follow, right? It's a path of life. It's a path of freedom. It's a path where he's designed all the best things that some of us even experience in this life now, like love, community. All those things are tastes, just small tastes of what God wants for our life. But the truth is, we also in this world experience some of the worst parts of life. We experience the pain of betrayal. We experience the pain of us ourselves making mistakes and regretting things and doing things and leaving people with unforgiveness, right? 
We have this path that's laid out for us by God, but we're just like sheep and we've gone astray. We've done our own thing. We call that sin. We call it evil. We call it those things. And so this analogy here is kind of like the dots represent the sin that we all kind of commit every single day. You know, like I think of all the times that I disrespected my parents. I told them to get stuff when they told me to clean my room, right? Which I even spoke about a few weeks ago, I think. All the times where I lied to protect myself or protect my reputation and it led to somebody to miss, you know, not trust me anymore. All the times where I did things out of selfishness or I reacted out of jealousy for something and I cut somebody down because I wanted something that they had, right? All those times where I just flat out ignored God. You know, like I knew what the right thing was to do, but I just ignored him. The times where I put things that were not meant to be God in the place of God, like my PlayStation or other things, where I spent more time focusing on what I thought was good and holy and I lifted up and I worshiped rather than the God and creator of all, okay? Now, it might not seem much, because here's the thing. I think we have a bit of amnesia sometimes with our sin. Yeah, just keep going. That's good. It will penetrate the shirt, so just be aware of that. Yeah, yeah. I owe you a new shirt, Lincoln, if it goes through. But sin is kind of like this thing where we don't really notice it day to day. But the truth is, when we think about the sin that kind of comes into our life every single day, like little things, big things, seasons where we're really, really stressed out or doing lashing out or even like little tiny things, the sin record just kind of keeps adding up, right? Like we haven't even really like begun to do this, but if I sin 10 times a day, 365 times times 28, I've committed over 100,000 sins, Right? So imagine 100,000 dots. We could probably just do this all night. That'll be, we'll get close. But this sin record, as much as we try to be good people, this sin record just keeps adding up and keeps adding to ourselves. And we, and we have this problem with our heart sometimes, which just we need saving often from ourselves, right? And when we talk about Jesus being our Savior, that's what we're talking about tonight. So at this point, how about we... Uh, yeah, nice. Very good. You can just stay up here. Thank you. Give Jonah a clap. That's some good dotting. Well done. So we've got this problem. We've got this record, this impurity. And, you know, I think we're pretty aware of sin because it's kind of like when I broke my pinky, right? My pinky's not supposed to bend in a weird way, but it did. And now I've got a really bent pinky. And, it, and when it happened, it really, really hurt. Because it's like your, your body's not meant to be bent that way. Just as much as sometimes when we feel like this, you know, hatred or pain, we're not designed to feel that. Like we're not designed. So it's a sign that there's a way to live, a path to live. You know, no one's ever going to knock back pure, genuine love because it feels good. There's no one who, who would say that genuine, unconditional love does not feel good because God's designed it that way. He's the source of love, and he wants us to walk that path. But how many know that betrayal always hurts? <laughs> betrayal never feels good, right, because it's connected to sin. And that's what I'm trying to get you to see here, that even though we have good things and we have bad things in our life, we have this problem. It's all over us, and it's called sin. Good job, Lincoln. Take off the shirt. Put on the stage. All right. Now, I hope they're ready, but I just want to give you one amazing story to help illustrate this just a little bit more. And now, guys, if you're ready out the back, feel free to come out. If you're not, I'll just stall for another minute. 
Bring him out. <laughs> this is perfect. This is better than what I imagined it would be. Get over here. Yeah. Now, you guys stay over there. And Pilot, you get in the middle. All right. Yeah, you, come, you guys come over here. So we've gone back 2,000 years now, guys. We're sitting at Pontius Pilate's house. And we're going to read through the Bible right now, okay, in Matt 27. Look to the screen. Here we go. Now, Jesus was standing before Pilate, the Roman governor. Here's Jesus. Stand before Pilate. Let's go. Send him there. Are you the king of the Jews? The governor asked him. Jesus replied, you have said it. But when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all these charges that they're bringing against you, Pilate demanded? But Jesus made no response to any of the charges, much to the governor's surprise. Now, the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration was to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. Who do you want to be released, guys? <laughs> You're calling it early. You know the story. All right, good. This year, there was a notorious prisoner named Barabbas. <laughs> Beautiful. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which one do you want to release? Sorry, which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Yeah, which one do you want? Nice flick over. Let's see if they're right. Oh, that's right, this bit. Just then, this is always in handy, especially if you're married. Just then, Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat. His wife sent him this message via text. Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. But of course, as every husband does, unfortunately ignores the wife. Okay. And I'm ashamed of it. I'm sorry. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released. Come on, persuade, persuade. Release Barabbas. Yeah. All right, pause. And for Jesus to be put to death. <laughs> now, I, re I realize I'm jumping ahead because it says here, the governor asked, which one of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas, go to the next one. Pilate responded, then what should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? And they all shouted back. But the mob roared even louder. <laughs> Very good. Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere and a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water, which I forgot, and washed his hands before the crowd. So, oh, perfect. Wash the hands. All right, perfect. Wash your hands and say, I'm innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. And then point to more. Yep. Fantastic. So here's, so, and all the people yell back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a big oath. Not everyone wanted to say that one. Fair enough. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. You're a free man. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, go for it, man. You're released. Nice. 
He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead tip whip. Bring out the whip. <laughs> no. Then turned him over <laughs> to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. All right. Let's give it up to him. That's awesome. Jesus and Barabbas, stay up here. Roman guard and Pilate, you can hop off. Come on up here. All right. So, yeah, feel free. You can say for visual effect. I like that. <laughs> That's good. So, here we have Barabbas, the one who's actually guilty, right? The one who we don't know, but I assume was going to be crucified either later that day or at some point, right? Because he was a murderer. He was a guy who wanted to overthrow the Romans. Okay, so he was a bad dude. Prove it. Yep, bad guy. His sin record was obvious, right? And the crowd knew it as well. And then we have Jesus, clean as, no sin. The, the accusation was that he was, you know, getting crowds to follow him and he too was trying to overthrow the Romans. But if they actually went to the crowds, they would have seen that he was healing them and teaching them and, and doing miraculous things, not actually saying, come on, let's get, you know, let's get Caesar, let's get him down. You know, he wasn't saying that. We see all through the Gospels what he was doing, Okay. But in this moment, Barabbas, who is the one worthy of being killed for his sin, bam, the punishment for Barabbas' sins ends up on Mr. Jesus, okay? I was going to say Mr. Ben, but on Jesus. So he is released to the crowd and set free. Yeah, some people aren't happy with that. That's right. And Jesus is here, who takes it all on. Now, here's the truth, and here's the the power in this story, guys. The truth is, every single one of us, we're wearing shirts like that. And we are worthy for the sin that is in our life to be wiped out. You know, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, which means the way that sin is wiped out and paid for is that it has to be exterminated. And that's true even in my own self. Like, whenever something unjust happens in this world, within myself, I want that person to experience the punishment that they deserve. Okay? Maybe not with some low-level stuff. Like, I'm happy to give grace for, like, you know, somebody who's on their phone or something, you know, in their car, like, once. But if something really serious happens and someone, like, you know, like, hurts my wife or hurts my kid, right? Like, I would want them to go to jail for that probably for their whole life, right? So we want justice, but here's the truth is, we, when we're the ones committing the crime, we want the mercy, right? We want the forgiveness. And so God actually gives us both. He gives us the realization that our sin has been eliminated and taken care of, okay? Which is what Jesus has done on the cross. And he also lets us experience the the great grace and mercy because we realize that we were standing up here and we were one click away from being taken out, being wiped out, and yet our sin and our punishment is put onto Jesus, and we're the ones who are set free. That's what I mean when I say that Jesus is our Messiah. Because in one man, Jesus, the perfect Son of God, He takes on the sin of the entire world, every single person, and we are set free from our sin. He dies the death that we deserve, 
And if you know the Easter story, you know that three days later, because he is God, he rises again, sin is defeated, the punishment of sin has been complete, and now we live free.